0: This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus name and we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus if you'd like to support this work financially we have a PayPal button on our website we have GoFundMe, Zelly, even take Bitcoin. and we thank you in advance for partnering with us our website is OmegaManRadio.com one more thing before we start tonight's show to the demons tuning in We're coming for you demon, no demon is safe.
1: Hello, my friend. Hello,
0: hello, brother Michael. Good morning to you. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Well, I'm doing very well. Are you doing okay?
0: Hey, praise the Lord! I'm doing all right.
1: And uh, Amen.
0: Excited to be here with you, folks. We're live with Pastor Michael Cummins, brother Mike. We've got the next hour together, starting now. And would you like to open us up in prayer?
1: Certainly, I would love to. Dear Lord God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. We magnify you and exalt you. And we ask you to be present today in the form of the Holy Spirit. Let everyone listening to this program receive anointing today. And let me receive anointing. Shannon receive anointing. And Lord, bring down your power upon us now. We pray, Lord, for all those who are sick. We pray for Benjamin, that he will be completely delivered from Lyme's disease we pray for Stephen in South America that he too will be delivered from Lyme's disease Lord we pray for everyone and for their generosity who has listened to this program and has supported my ministry and Lord that's Christina and her daughter Ariana in Sydney, Australia, Sandra in the United States, and all the others, and all the well-wishers. Lord, bless them all today, we pray, and let this program be magnificent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: I say amen to that. Brother Michael, the microphone is yours. Welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. Well, God bless you all, and welcome today's show. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. Do you think history repeats itself? Do you think that mankind learns lessons from past mistakes? Today I'll be talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. And though that happened thousands of years ago, I want to look at today's situation in the world and see if we can see anything which is similar to what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. But I want to tell you something. When I was, I believe I was nine years of age, or I might have been ten, I went to bed one night, and it was, I think, just after the Cuba crisis, or just before the Cuba crisis of 1962. And I remember going to bed and having a horrendous nightmare, in this nightmare, I heard a sound like a click, a noise, and I saw a mushroom cloud going up in the sky. And I remember being transfixed looking at this in my dream, and I saw people running down the road, and they just vaporized, and their, the skin fell off their bodies, and their bones fell to the floor. And it was absolutely terrifying. And there was a terrible roar going on. And I remember waking up, uh, sweating profusely and being terrified. And for weeks after that was frightened to go to sleep. And I remember having that dream. When I was about 42, I had that recurring dream again about a nuclear holocaust. And I realized I was dreaming something that, We're living in fear of today that that might take place. Well, let's have a read about Sodom and Gomorrah. As you know, most of the scriptures come from Genesis 18 and Genesis 19. Let's go back over it again, and then I'll read some scripture later, because we want to see what happened and why it happened. Sodom and Gomorrah were known as notoriously sinful cities in the biblical book of Genesis and they were destroyed by sulfur and fire because of their wickedness. And we first read that in Genesis 19 verse 24 and it says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire, from the Lord out of heaven. Now, there were five cities that were destroyed, the cities that were on the plain, and that was Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Zohar, also Bela. And they they were the five cities of the plain, and they are referenced throughout the Old and New Testament, and they're also so spoken of, in the Muslim book, the Quran. So a bit like Noah's flood, which is in every religious book in the world, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah is as well. In the Genesis account, God reveals to Abraham that Sodom and Gomorrah are to be destroyed for their grave sins. And we can read this in Genesis 18, verse 20. And it says, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. Abraham pleads for the lives of any righteous people living there, especially the lives of his nephew Lot and his family. Abraham tries to negotiate with God on behalf of the righteous in the two cities. God first agrees to spare the city if 50 righteous people can be found and eventually agrees to spare them if 10 righteous people can be found. Let's have a look at Genesis 18 verse 23. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Hallelujah. Also in 1832, it says, And he said, O oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet for this once. Peradventure, ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. So Abraham, pleading with God that if there's ten people there, God will not destroy the city. Two angels appearing as men are sent to Lot in Sodom, but they are met with a wicked mob who ask for the newcomers. Lot offers this Ruling mob, his daughters instead. You see, the two men, the two angels, the people of Sodom are so depraved and so lustful and sexually immoral that they want to have sex with the two angels. Lot being a righteous man, he offers his own daughters to the mob. He says, come and take my daughters instead. Leave these men alone. They are our guests. And then the mob are struck blind by the angelic guests. And let's read that in 19. I'm going to read 19 now, 1 to 11. And it said, there came two angels to Sodom at even a lot sat in the gate of Sodom and lot seeing them rose up to meet them and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground and he said behold now my Lord's turn in I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways and they said nay but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, can pass the house around, both old and young all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, What are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after them and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly Behold, I have two daughters, which have not known man. Let me, I pray, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof, and they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came into sojourn and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men, that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Hallelujah. See, the angels blinded them. Finding only Lot and his family as righteous amongst the inhabitants, the angels warned Lot to quickly evacuate the city and not to look back as they flee the destruction that is coming upon the city. Lot's wife looks back upon to the city in its destruction, and is turned into a pillow of salt. Let's read that from Genesis nineteen twelve onwards. And the men said unto Lot Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord have sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spoke unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get ye out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he said as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law, and when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape! For thy life look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so my lord, behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me. In saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain. Lest some evil take me. And I die. Behold now. This city is near to flee. Unto. And it is a little one. Oh let me escape thither. It is not a little one. And my soul shall live. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I'll just read the last of this. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city, for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou be come hither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun was risen above the earth when Lot entered into Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and towards all the land of the plain, and behold, and though the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which lot dwelt. Hallelujah. Now, when you read that, there's one thing that touched me when I read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel rebelled against God and they disobeyed God's laws and his statutes, God used other countries to bring their downfall and God taught them lessons so they eventually repented. God taught them lessons. They may have been taken to Assyria. They may have been taken to Babylon. They may have gone away and held in slavery. But when the people returned and when the people would realize the errors of their ways God let them come back to the nation he had given them, the land of Canaan, which was now the land of Judah and the land of Israel. But there's something terrifying about Sodom and Gomorrah. God himself decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. Now, many years ago, when... I married Janice, 1997. We had our honeymoon in Israel. And I remember we went to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is the lowest place in the earth. And you can't help it. When you come to the Dead Sea, you smell the sulfur. Terrible uh, smell of sulfur. And, you know, there's no tide in the Dead Sea. You can't swim in the Dead Sea. A lot of people swim in the Dead Sea and it is said that uh, the mud of the Dead Sea and it's sold in bottles is a a beauty product and it's very good for the skin. I never swam in the Dead Sea because I had a cut on the side of my body and they said it might get infected if I went in the Dead Sea. But once going to the Dead Sea and what I can remember is the enormous size of the flies that attracted to the Dead Sea and attracted, obviously, to the smell of sulfur. And there's showers around the Dead Sea, so when you get out of the Dead Sea, you can stand under the shower and get rid of all the sulfur from your body. And I read many programs about the Dead Sea, and I remember how they put a submersible submarine in the Dead Sea, and it brought up bricks, uh, as if there was once houses that stood there where the Dead Sea was. And it also brought up bits of magna, the sort of stuff that comes out of uh, volcanoes. And they brought up brimstone from the bottom of the Dead Sea. So I've always been led to believe, and I know many scientists are, that where the Dead Sea is now, that is where the five cities of the plain was and the reason it's the lowest place on the earth is because the intensity of the fire and brimstone that came down to destroy those cities now what is the view from the Bible the exact nature of the wickedness of the cities has been subject to many debate traditionally Sodom and Gomorrah has been associated with homosexual acts. The men that uh, tried to accost the angels had demanded of Lot. They've demanded of Lot that they may know them. The King James Version says that we may know them. Well, that's another word for saying that they will know them carnally and have sex with them. And I do believe, and I've heard this before by many Christians, that the real sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, you see, God is the creator. God made man and God made woman. And you don't need much imagination to know that if you see the naked torso of a woman and you see the naked torso of a man, that you know that God created man and woman to be together. And through the act of love, man and woman could have children. So when you get a city or when you get a town or when you get a country, that allows different type of carnal relations, allow men to go with men and women to go with women. That is an abomination to God. That is an offense towards God. And when you muck about with God's creation, I truly believe that God himself will intervene. And that's what God did. Sodom and Gomorrah, yes he sent these two angels and the two angels had the authority, they had the power and they were given the God given right to destroy these cities on the plain now has mankind learned from that? I don't think so will history repeat itself? I think it will And if we consider now that the Western world, which was once the bastion of Christianity, Europe was the bastion of Christianity, and when you consider the Crusades, the Holy Wars in the Middle East, how Europe sent its finest knights to go and fight Saladin and the Saracens, the Muslim army in the Middle East, You could see how Europe was such a devout Christian nation. I myself as a child living in London, I remember when I was 12 and 13, I went to Italy with the school. And I remember Italians said that they wouldn't like to live in England because it was so strict. And I remember on Sunday in England when I was a small boy, I would go down the news agents for my father and he would send me to go and buy cigarettes, send me to go and buy newspapers on Sunday. You virtually saw nobody in the street. You virtually saw no cars driving around. And even if people hadn't gone to chapel, hadn't gone to church, children hadn't gone to Sunday school, it was respectful on the Sunday Sabbath to stay indoors and to be quiet my father was a Catholic and my father always objected to me playing football on a Sunday he said I could play football Monday to Saturday why did I have to play on the Sunday and yes when I was a small boy In the 1950s, of course, there was homosexuality. Of course, there was paedophiles. I once played for a football team that was attached to a church. The team was called Wolverman St. John, and it was attached to a congregational church called St. John's. And the football coach turned out to be a paedophile. I realized when I played football with him, there was something very wrong with him. But I couldn't quite understand it. And because I used to box, and I was a good footballer, a good cricketer, I used to play rugby as well in those days, he tended to leave me alone. But the boys who were uh, less tougher and a little bit more sensitive, I noticed he was all over them. So that sort of thing still happened. But what we have done, let's have a look at the five cities of the plain. Let's put them in a modern context. Let's say London, Paris, Los Angeles, Ottawa, Rio de Janeiro. Nations that have openly embraced homosexuality, openly embraced LGBT views, if we consider their own country, which I love dearly, my country, England. And by the way, my ancestry wasn't English. They came here as migrants. My father's family were Irish. My mother's family, uh, they were Roman Gypsies They also had Jewish blood that came over from Spain. But I loved England as I was growing up. And I remember David Cameron when he was prime minister, David Cameron is back in the Conservative government now, he's Foreign Secretary, but when he was uh, Prime Minister in the early 2000s, he said that the greatest thing he achieved while he was Prime Minister was bringing legislation in for same-sex marriage. And I remember being appalled at the time because he said he was an Anglican. He was a Church of England practicing Christian. So I was appalled at that sort of thing. And us in the Western world have grown away from God. We've grown away from the Bible. And we've become people pleasers. You see, there will always be people who will cry at God's word in the Bible and say it is unjust, it is unfair. It's not thinking of them. But you see, I say what God has spoken in the Bible is God's word, and it's not there to be interfered with or argued. And in Sodom and Gomorrah and those cities on the plain, there was homosexuality. I believe there was the earliest days of LGBT there. There would have been paedophilia. There would have been bestiality. There would have been people who had carnal relationships with animals. All that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that was an abomination to God because it interfered with God's creation. You see, once God created man and woman, and God said that this is why man will leave his own parents to go and be joined to his wife, God is not going to rear any argument for anything else. And I believe I said those countries, I could think of every city in the Western world, but I think of London, Paris, Los Angeles, Ottawa in Canada, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. We could add to that. Liverpool, Manchester in England. We could add New York, San Francisco. Do you remember in uh, San Francisco, you had the outbreak in the 1960s at Haight-Ashbury of free love. You had the AIDS epidemic that was really prevalent in the San Francisco Bay Area. You can think of the other countries in the world, Rio de Janeiro and Brazil, through their carnivals. These things promote fornication, promote sexual immorality. Sydney, Australia, they have a massive carnival there, celebrating gay life. My sister, who's lived in Australia since 1970, so she's been there a long time now, she thinks there's nothing wrong in this. She thinks it's colorful, it's energetic. She thinks it's great. She doesn't see anything wrong with it. But the word of God is the word of God. So let's say the mob of men that accosted the angels demanded from Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. This has been long interpreted as carnal knowledge and many believe that it is the widespread homosexuality of the inhabitants that earns the punishment from God. Other biblical references to Sodom and Gomorrah, we can think of Jude 7, which mentions sexual immorality and unnatural lust and the abominable things spoken about in Ezekiel 16 verse 50 as seen as support for this view we're going to read these scriptures in a bit modern thinking particularly in Judaism and certain branches of christianity have also said that there was a lack of hospitality, not just homosexuality, that gave the offence to God. If we read Genesis 18, we read, let me start by verse 1, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat at the tent door. This is Abraham in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and, lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. And he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts, after that you shall pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, So do, as thou had said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready thee three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto the young man. And he hasted to dress it, and he took butter, milk, and the calf, which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. Hallelujah. You see, that's hospitality. That is hospitality. We're told to be hospitable to strangers because we might be entertaining angels. So when the angels of the Lord go into Sodom, obviously there's no thought of repentance there. There's no thought of saying sorry. Nobody has actually said to the angels, my lords, have you come to destroy us? We repent our sexual immorality. We repent our fornication and our lust. Have mercy on us. Now, what actually happens that they ask to have sex with the angels? Indeed, Abraham and Lot generously welcomed and fed the angelic strangers. We've read that Abraham killed the calf And we must be very careful how we treat angels. So we see Sodom and Gomorrah as terrible places. Let's have a read of some scriptures now, which speaks about God and what God believes to be unacceptable behavior. And the first thing we're going to read is Leviticus 18 verse 22. Now, when we consider people who pass laws in in my country and any other country in the world that is supposed to be a Christian country, how can people ignore this? Leviticus 18, verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Now, God hates all sin, but abomination is even worse. That is going against God's creation, and God will hate it. Let's have a look at Leviticus 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination they shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And in my early years when I was a child, people have told me that homosexuality was actually punishable by a prison sentence. And many people were actually put in prison. Now, many people have felt very sorry for some of these people. One of the people they said that was unfairly punished was Alan Turing, the man who worked uh, on the first computer and broke the Enigma Code, the German Code. And of course, because of his work, he was considered to be even a national hero. Uh, there's been British banknotes have been brought out recently with his picture on. But he did get prosecuted for homosexuality. And of course, it was considered then an abomination because people looked to the Bible and looked to God not for their own understanding. Let's have a look at Jude 1, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So God himself has intervened and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. And it says there, I'm going after strange flesh. That is woman going with woman, and that is man going with man. That is considered to be strange flesh. Let's have a look at the book of Romans. Romans 1, verse 26 to 32, and I'll read it all. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their woman did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own lust towards one another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was met and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave gave them over to a retrobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness fornication, wickedness, covetousness maliciousness, full of envy, murder debate, deceit, malignity but have pleasure in them that do them. You see, it's become a time now that we can't even really read those scriptures any longer because mankind and the people who govern mankind have decided that homosexuality is okay. I believe in Britain we made it legal in 1967. I think that was the same year in Britain that we made abortion legal. And we have changed as a nation since then. We have changed greatly, and uh, I believe this stuff has to be has to be read. I believe it has to be read. I believe that that was the biggest mistake that Britain made the biggest mistake. Hallelujah. I remember when I was 15, a homosexual man tried to pick me up in a car when I was coming home from a dance. He was a middle-aged man, and he offered me alcohol and cigarettes, which he said he had uh, uh, plenty in his car. And I didn't. I was a quite an innocent young man then at 15, and I didn't know what he meant. And I said, thank you very much. I only lived down the road. I've got a short walk to my house But of course he said Well even though it's a short walk, we'll get in the car It's quite cold And I'll give you a lift And I didn't realise Till years later That I thought about this And thought about what he meant Hallelujah Let's have a look at Mark 10 Verses 6 to 9 But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then there are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Part of that is the marriage vows, but that is the view of God. And you see, when Sodom and Gomorrah decided, well, we're going to do things different according to our own lusts and our own perversions, God himself made it personal to destroy those two cities. And as we know, those cities in the Western world that have openly promoted this alternative lifestyle, and they've said to born-again believers and those who worship God, they've said to them, no, no, this is the way it's going to be because we've passed laws and this is now on the statute books that it's okay for men or women to behave like that. That might be okay for the lawmakers, but it's not right with God. So who's to say that God won't decide to destroy these cities, or the people of these cities, himself. We would say that the righteous would be saved. One of the reasons we read Psalm 91, or I read it every day, because it says a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. We look to God to have mercy upon us, Let's have a look back at Leviticus 18, verses 23 to 24. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lay down thereto. It is confusion. Defile not yourselves with any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. I'll read 25. And the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof up on it, and the lands itself vomited out of her inhabitants." Verse 26, you shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and that shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth amongst you. Verse 27, for all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled. Hallelujah. God's made it clear. The land is defiled. People don't like to hear this, but this is the truth. We believe in God. We believe in God. God is a mighty God. And it's not for us to go against him. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 to 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminine, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. For thieves, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Some Christians may have committed these things, but they've seen the light. They know the truth. First Timothy 1.10 says, For whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, That means slave traders, for liars, for perjured persons. And there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. The word of God we must be living by. We cannot be living these terrible lifestyles. I want to go back now to Leviticus 20. Hallelujah. And we're going to read a little bit more. I hope this teaching is good for you. We've got to preach the truth. God told me, and he's told me many times, that he expects me to preach the truth. Leviticus 20, verses 10 onwards. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. And a man that lieth with his father's wife, having covered his father's nakedness, both of them shall surely be put to death for their blood shall be upon them. And if a man lie with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have wrought confusion, their blood shall be upon them. And if a man lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. And if a man take a wife and a mother, It is wickedness. They shall be burnt with fire, both he and they. There shall be no wickedness amongst you. And if a man lie with a beast, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall slay the beast. And if a woman approach unto any beast and lay down there unto, thou shalt kill the woman and the beast. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man shall take his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and she see his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people, he hath uncovered his sister's nakedness, he shall bear his iniquity, and a man shall lie with a woman having her sickness, and shall uncover her nakedness, he has discovered a fountain and he hath uncovered the fountain of her blood and both of them shall be cut off from amongst their people and thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister nor of thy father's sister for he hath uncovered his near kin they shall bear their iniquity and if a man shall lay with his uncle's wife he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness and he shall bear their sin they shall die childless. And if a man shall take his brother's wife, it is an unclean thing. He hath uncovered his brother's nakedness, they shall be childless. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. And you shall not walk in the manners of the nation which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhor them. God is talking about incest and unnatural sexual relationships. And God has made it very clear. You see, we are not here to argue with God. We are here to obey God. Second Peter 2, verse 11 to 12 whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed spake evil of things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. We should be very careful as believers not to criticize others, and not to speak out of turn. Remember the angel Michael when he disputed the body of Moses and you see Moses thought he had a right and he thought this right came from the fact that Moses had killed the Egyptian overseer whom he witnessed uh, beating the Israelite. And then he listened to his people who, when they came to the rock at Meribah, and he listened to his people who kept on his back and said, when are we are going to get some water, Moses? And Moses back, bashed the rock twice and water flew out. And God punished Moses because he said that he would not cross into the promised land. Joshua would take his place and lead the Israelites to the land that was promised them by God. So Satan thought he had a right when Moses died to come and claim his body. But the angel Michael said, the Lord rebuke you. He said, the Lord rebuke you. That is because within every angel was a part of God. And when angels speak, they speak what god has placed in them so he didn't attack satan even though he fought a he fought satan and cast satan out of heaven he didn't attack him he didn't revile him he just said the lord rebuke you let's go to hebrews 13 verse 2 be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So when we meet people, and funny enough, I heard this testimony the other day on uh, Transworld Radio, which is a Christian radio station in the north of England. And it was about a woman, and this woman had had many encounters with angels. And she was going to write a book about angels. And she was going to see a pastor who was a bishop. And when she got to her car, she went to turn the handle, the door handle, and it fell on the floor. Someone had vandalized it and tried to break into her car. So she thought because she was writing a book on angels that this was Satan's way of attacking her. So she went to see a bishop, and as he was praying for her, she saw a vision. And she saw two young men had hammers and screwdrivers and tools, and they were trying to break into her car. Now, on the way, as she was going to a pastor, she saw two scruffy men who walked past her, and they said good morning to her. And they said to her, there's a nice view from the hill. And she didn't really know what they were talking about, but she said good morning to them and was polite, and she went on her way. In the next vision she had, she saw these two scruffy-looking men, and as these two young men was trying to break in their car, these two scruffy-looking men appeared in the front seats of her car, and they just appeared from nowhere. And the two men saw them, screamed and ran away. And this woman had actually entertained angels and they had been sent by God so her car wasn't stolen or wrecked beyond repair. And this is why it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Hallelujah. So we've got to be careful. Going back to Sodom and Gomorrah, God hates nations and peoples who have tried to interfere with God's order of things. Same-sex marriage, abortion, sex change, LGBT. All the nations of the Western world that have got involved in this sort of thing. When we look back at Sodom and Gomorrah, we say, what have we done in the past? Have we learnt anything from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah? Have we learnt anything at all? Or will we still do those things? Will we still do it? What are we doing in the world today? What are we trying to do? God made man. God made woman. And God made the structure that the world should populate. We have allowed people, our politicians, to be people pleasers. And by being people-pleasers, they're offending God. We're saying we don't care, God, what you said in the Bible. We're going to disrespect it. These people have fallen in love with each other. This man has not fallen in love with a woman. He's fallen in love with a man. It's only right that we bring out laws that they could live together in happiness. We're going to disregard what you said Lord, we're going to do things differently. This is a terrible thing. And will God himself destroy these nations that have allowed same-sex marriages, that have allowed LGBT sex change operations? Will God himself intervene? I think he might. And what I asked at the start of the program as mankind learnt from his mistakes, the only part of mankind that has learned from his mistakes are the born again believers that looked upon their past life and they repented of their sins and they recognized Jesus Christ as being their Lord and Savior who went to the cross and died for them. So let us pray for mankind. Let us not be bullied and intimidated by these politicians who want things differently. These people that have took and that taken the world of God out of schools. These people that have taken the Holy Bible out of libraries. Let's stand up. Let us all stand up to the truth. For the truth is God. The truth is Jesus Christ. And let us pray for our own nations that there will be a change. And these evil abominations which take place, which are now being verified by law, let them stop in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. May God truly bless you all in Jesus' name. And please let us pray, let us fast. Let us bring change into the world. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Powerful, Powerful teaching, today. teaching today. We're live with Michael live with Cummings, Mike. Pastor, Michael. pastor Michael. Brother Michael, Sorry? Give, out, give out your contact information.
1: Contact information. Sure, certainly. Uh, my Pastor Michael Cummings, I'm the pastor of Kilburn Christian Fellowship, uh, which you can find online. Uh, there's a church website there every Sunday. I preach uh, a sermon and it goes online. You can listen to them all the time. It's Kilburn Christian Fellowship, and that's two to four Aldershot Road, Kilburn, London, NW6. My mobile telephone number is 07469 235351. You can always contact me. If you want to support my ministry, if you go to my website, which is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C U W M I N S, all one word, 123 at AOL.com. There is a PayPal account there, and there are details of my Skype address if you need help. Happy to help you. You know, what I preached about today, Jesus loves all sinners, Jesus wants all sinners to return to him, but he hates the sin they're committing. So Jesus doesn't hate anyone who's gay, anyone who's transgender, but he hates what they do. So if anyone's got those sort of problems or have got thoughts of that, I've prayed for many people who had homosexual tendencies and thoughts, and they've asked me to pray for them. I'll be happy to help you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I say amen
0: to, say that. Amen to that. Brother Michael, thank Brother you Michael, for coming on today.
1: God I mean, bless you.
0: God bless you. We'll see you next time.
1: Thank you. Amen. Friend. Look forward to it. Bye-bye.
0: Folks, that was Michael Cummins. I had a little bit of loopback at the end for some reason. Okay, let me save this program. We'll be right back. Stand by for a refresh.